Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston are back for more crime-solving shenanigans. Today I'm talking about Murder Mystery 2. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm talking about murder mystery 2 which is the sequel to obviously to murder mystery 1 which came out in 2019 and was one of those movies that i feel like i picked up or gave a shot just because it was like well it's covid and let's give it a shot i'm like oh this is actually all right i kind of enjoy this um so yeah felt like we could check out the sequel and it's pretty good uh that does have kind of a thing hanging over it that i'll that i'll get into shortly so without further ado let's get started the past few years, Adam Sandler has had the closest thing to a career renaissance that I can imagine, at least for an actor like himself. He put he put in an award-worthy performance in a critically acclaimed indie drama, Uncut Gems, and has drifted between his more traditional comedies and voice work, and even tried on another well-received drama. In the same year he did Uncut Gems, he also reunited with Jennifer Aniston for his first PG-13, PG-13 comedy in forever that kind of worked for me, murder mystery so now he and aniston are back for more adventure in murder mystery 2 but does it work after their success in solving the murders in the first movie nick and audrey spitz have become full-time detectives with mixed to bad results eager for a reason to take a break the spitz the spitzes agree to join their compatriot from the last time vikram the maharaja govindan on a private island for his wedding. But when Vikram's bodyguard is killed and Vikram is kidnapped for ransom, the Spitzes will have to put their skills to the test to solve the crime and hopefully get out alive. Murder Mystery 2 is what I'd call a serviceable sequel. It's not better than the first one, but it's not notably worst, worst and it goes down easy, partially because of the film's easygoing attitude and the cast who all seem to be having a very good time. Combine that with a few lovely locations and some fun new names, for instance, Mark Strong as a British PI who's actually good at all of this, and it'll do. That said, it would be hard to watch again, and here's why. The main appeal of the last movie, and this one, at least ostensibly, is that the Spitzes are well-intentioned but completely out of their league. They might be able to do just enough to not die and help people tripping over them as they trip over themselves in the midst of a bunch of murders to stop the madness, but they are also random, normal people who are thrown into extraordinary circumstances. Jennifer Aniston's role role works because not just because she's playing a hairdresser, but because her wanting more from her life than being a hairdresser in a home hum marriage without adventure is exactly what you'd expect from somebody who looks like Jennifer Aniston. Of course, give her the world. Whereas Adam Sandler's cavalier approach to everything, like, yep, that 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 guy's dead. I gotta take a shit. Is a perfect level of detachment that you just don't see in movies like this. Like, no one in Knives Out or Glass Onion is as campy as and fun as those can be, is seemingly unaffected or uninvested in the investigation and how things are going to turn out. So seeing Nick and Audrey as a more competent pair of detectives feels weird. In the last movie, there was one noteworthy chase where it's a pleasant surprise that Audrey is able to keep up before they eat it on the final stretch. Great non-joke into the joke. This time, Nick appears to be a master of hand-to-hand combat, despite being a terrible shot and a retired cop, and Audrey has killer aim. Comedically, all of the setups work. For instance, a ransom handoff going completely tits up. But character-wise, it's hard to ignore Nick taking on mercenaries like a Marvel hero. It's also weird that we got so much talent that the movie barely uses, including Melanie Laurent, who feels like she has ten lines. 
None of this is a true deal breaker for the intended audience, and I imagine it was fun to make and it's fun enough to watch. It's more that this franchise was already straining believability and may have pushed itself over the edge, especially if it's looking for another entry. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.